Hello and welcome back to the Three in the Key podcast. Once again, we were a bit disrupted in the NBL. We only had two games in the uh, last seven days, but I am happy to be joined with JJ and Alex. Alex, welcome back. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good. I appreciate um, my one-week load management uh, exercise put out by Three in the Key. So I appreciate very important that to, load management very to the medical, important. yeah, to the medical staff. Um, but yeah, no, back and, and ready to jump into it. Although, as you mentioned, not a whole lot to jump into. How are you doing, JJ? I'm I'm all right. You know, my week's been filled with nothingness since there's no basketball on. So I'm hoping I'm hoping you know we get all the games around six. And then I might be happy, but you never know. Yeah, it's not looking likely at this stage. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. Um, one thing I've noticed about there not being as many NBL games that I'm watching so much NBA, like more than usual. And I just, I'll be watching the Spurs and like, I have this app that shows me who's in at a certain time. And anytime Jock Landau's in, I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm watching it. And I'm not watching anything other than Jock Landau. I'm just like watching his defensive assignments and him running up and down the court. So I feel like it's one of the only uh, positives to this NBL uh, postponements that's been happening. But let's get straight into it then. Uh, the first game, which was ironically the last game of the of, of 2021, was Perth versus Cairns. Now, Cairns blew out to a 25-11 to 11 first quarter lead over Perth, and then Perth just fought back throughout. It was a very interesting game. I think a very good game to end the year. How do you say it, boys? I thought it was. I thought it was good. I especially, especially last week when we, we were giving our games at the week. I went. I picked this game, but specifically for the um, the matchup between Bryce Cotton and McCall. But unfortunately, McCall did not play this game. But they, they held Cotton scoreless for the first first quarter, which is you know impressive, and that's why they had such big a lead. And then Cotton turned it on, and you know went night. You know scored nineteen in the next two quarters. So. Yeah, well, they, you know, there was some, you know, good performances from the the, the, the snakes. You know, you had Majuk Dan Kareem Knight with twenty seven points, seven rebounds. So that's good to see from him. And as Perth, as you know, on the road, you know, Bryce Cotton and Vic Law just doing what they've been doing for the last, you know, how many games have been played in the season? I thought it was a good performance from Cairns. They've shown a little bit this season where I thought that they would really struggle. They're definitely showing signs of uh, of being competitive, which is just what they've got to do. Adam Ford's obviously done a pretty good job there. Um, obviously, Deng's game is, is a huge deal for him and his confidence, but uh, I don't want to harp on the uh, sort of told to so train, but they do look better without a certain man in the lineup who shall remain nameless, Mr. Scott Machado. Not nameless, as it turns out. Um, look, the defense looks a lot better. Um, and they're a lot more competitive and just having more outside shooters around has definitely helped their offense and their defense is definitely taking a step as well. Yeah, one thing I noticed about uh, Cairns was just their bench, like playing time just was, was just basically nothing besides Jared Kenny, only, the only player that played more than seven minutes off the bench and all the starters were basically playing 30, 32, 34 minutes, which I feel like, there was a few factors that played into that, obviously, but um, that that and I think ultimately cost them in the end. But it was really it was disappointing to see them not get the win there because we've seen Perth being able to be beat, obviously, when they when they went up against the Bullets a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, it was it was a good game, a good game to end the year. But then we uh, move on to the game that started the year, the Jack Jumpers against United, 
And I think that's a very similar story. A very poor fourth quarter, unfortunately, cost the Jack Jumpers. Alex, talk us through that performance. Oh, do we have to? Uh, I feel like if we talk about the Jack Jumpers every week, we're going to be talking about the same same story you just mentioned. It it just comes down to fourth quarter offense. And, um, you know, one or two games, you say they're sort of putting it together, but that's four by my count now where the last quarter offense has just been well below the standard of the rest of the game. And, when you dig into why um, and have a look at you know, what Tasmania are running, what Roth is running in those sort of key moments, I mean, the number one thing for me is that, you know, throughout the rest of the quarters, particularly in the first quarter, they're so keen to get Steindl off screens and 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 really that moves the whole offense around for them, um, running two or three. He's coming off three, four screens. It's, it's great. His movement's excellent. He's getting good screens. And then in the last quarter, he just kind of stands in the corner and it comes down to Majet and Adams. And um, although Adams has certainly played a lot better in terms of his aggressiveness and getting to the rim and it's opening up opportunities, um, we, we can't be relying on that for scoring in the fourth quarter when teams really lock up and once they figure it out, because you've got shooters there, like it's not as if Tasmania doesn't have them, they're there, but they seem reasonably like reasonably inefficient and that's that's hard for me to sit there and watch to be honest because that's happened four weeks in a row and and in the first two minutes of that last quarter sorry i'm rambling but the first two minutes of that last quarter they actually got some good open shots of some shooters and they didn't go down and then it was like revert turtle back into what the offense is in the fourth quarter for them so you know it's definitely something they need to work out I like the tweet from, uh, you know, our, fr- our good friend Jackson McDonald, you know, big friend of the podcast, and, you know, he's dealing with all our socials. But on Twitter, he's like, you know, they're calling Majet, you know, as, you know, Scott Ross in the, you know, in the preseason called Majet, like, you know, a similar to you know, Curry and Nash, you know, like a pass first point guard. Well, when you shoot four or 17, that's not, you know what I mean? That's not very good. And then especially if Stein was only taking the five shots. So, you know what I mean? As, as Alex said, you can't be relying on that kind of offense. You need to be moving. I said, la- I know Will Magnet didn't play this week, but I said it on last week's podcast that when he does or when he does return, they probably, they'll probably definitely need to get him a lot more involved because as we've said, that, def- that the offense, sorry, is just, it's not going to work if you just rely on the two guards because they're just going to, you know, just put that defense is just going to, you know, suffocate them and put pressure and then put pressure on everyone else to score. So, if, you know, hopefully when Magnet gets back, that hopefully relieves their fourth quarter issues. But I don't know if that will solve them, but it'll definitely help them in the long run. Maybe. Uh, I think you're bringing up a valid point, JJ, but I think they've got a fundamental problem where they don't know how to get Will Magnet in shots. Um, he's not a particularly good back to the basket player. He's obviously not comfortable with that sort of level of responsibility. I don't know if it's a, a responsibility thing or, or what, but he, he doesn't particularly look to that part of his game. Um, and they don't run a lot of ball screens to get him a shot. Uh, it doesn't really seem to be that sort of prevalent in the offense, particularly, or I haven't really noticed him being missed or anything. I've, I've been to the last couple of games and um, I haven't seen him be open for a lob or anything like that. It just it seems either he's not doing what's required or they're not running particular sets for him. So, you know, that's something they have to work out because, I mean, he's your marquee guy. You need to get him in the game. Jackson did tell us, like Dom and I, last week that he's been playing more of the five, but he, he's, but he's more suited at the four. So that could be maybe maybe an issue. But then, as as we've noticed, they probably they don't have a, a you know a decent five in like in their rotation. So they have to put Magne there. So that also hurts. 
we, as much as we love Chris Levick, you can't, you don't want, you, you know what I mean? You can't have Chris Levick starting on Stop a good team. What you are I, saying. I, we I, are I, no I say, Chris Levick. <laughs> with respect, he was pretty good. He was pretty good in the last game. Yeah. He's always good. He's never not good. As I said, with, with respect, okay? <laughs> I know we know we take no Chris Levick slander, but just with respect. None. No Chris Levick slander. I'm going to make my own podcast and just for the no Chris Levick slander. Um, yeah, for, for the Jack Jumpers, but just just uh, one last thing before we move on. I just think that seven points as a professional basketball team in the fourth quarter is just like, it's borderline embarrassing. Like, there's no excuse to be scoring seven points. You can, the, uh, I could be on it about it all day. I could I could probably score seven points in the fourth quarter by myself. But uh, let's, let's move on then. That was... Uh, that was the round uh, five fixtures, and we will move on to our player of the round, even though there was only two games. Um, it's going to be a tough one, but who did you have for your player or performance of the round? I had Big JLA. I know that's going to be a bit of a controversial one, um, but he was so good for Melbourne in that um, they obviously identified really early on that Obviously, Magne was out, who's been playing the majority of centre minutes. And then Jock Perry, who is the slotted backup for, for Magne, was also out of COVID protocol. So um, they realised once that, you know, he was going to be guarded by Bearstow down low for the majority of the game. They threw him the ball a lot. He did everything that you could possibly ask for him. He went eight for 11, scored 19 points, highly efficient, grabbed eight boards, two blocks. You can't ask much more than that. I mean, he was as efficient as you could possibly hope for. So... Um, he dominated that game in parts. And the reason that Melbourne were able to hang around in that game when they were actually being outplayed for, for certain quarters and, and certain stretches of lineups as well. Uh, my player my player this week is our own podcast friend, Luke Travers, Alex's favourite. He almost got ISO said in the preseason that he might be the closest thing to getting a five-by-five five game, and he almost did it. It's, he doesn't have the, the highest numbers, but he got 10 points, five rebounds, two assists, three steals, and four blocks. So that's my performance of the round. I looked at that box score and I was like, that's getting talked about. <laughs> well, you're very right, Alex, because he was going to be my player, but I had a backup just in case. Uh, I went for just a sneaky one because I knew someone would say Travers. I went for Majok Dang, even though they lost 27 and 7. a very, very solid performance, well above his season average and... Yeah, he, he really showed that, um, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you can start making those shots and showed a very good percentage. So, yeah, Travers was was mine, but I'll, I'll go Majok Deng just for uh, being different sake. It's so. all right. Majok Deng was mine, but I went, you know, I mean, if someone else oh, had that's why I went, okay. with, one, I went I with the Luke Travers. So that's why I went with the Luke Travers, the Luke Travers <laughs> one, but you never know. So, I mean, we think alike. It's good to see you. Yeah, good minds think alike. I like to hear it. Let's move on to our game of the round for round six. Um, it's a it's a pretty dull fixture of rounds. I mean, it's pretty spread out, which is good for us NBL fans. We've got basically basketball every night uh, until Wednesday night, and then there's a one-day break, and you're back onto the uh, Friday night fixtures. So um, my game of the round, I'm going to go a sneaky one, just trying to be different again here. I'm going to go Cairns versus Brisbane. I feel like that's a pretty good matchup, and um, there is one obvious matchup with the uh, Hawks returning, but I feel like Cairns and Brisbane's a very, very solid and uh, could be a very evenly matched game, obviously. Uh, they're, they're both performing a bit above what we expected to see uh, when we talked about them in our season previews, but I feel like it could be a, a very good game, the Queensland derby. Well, you've stuffed me up because <laughs> this is my place to be the basketball hipster on this podcast, but okay, <laughs> yeah, fine, no worries, Tom, I appreciate it. Um, 
I am going to take the easy one then and say Southeast. It's not Southeast Melbourne. It's Illawarra Melbourne United. I think that's going to be a really interesting game. Melbourne United won against Tasmania when they didn't play their best basketball. Um, and now it's time for a real test. Now that Goulding's back, they're looking a lot better. Garters fit in well to go up against probably the best team in the competition. I still believe that. So um, it's going to be a real test for them. It's going to be a really entertaining game. I hope it's high scoring. Um, and I don't doubt that it will be. Well, it's not, a, it's not a certain game, but I'm looking to the Jack Jumpers games because they're playing the Sydney Kings and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So they're resting, you know, our team, you know, each other's teams. So that should be, I'm very excited to see that, especially since I'm going on Monday night to the Southeast. I'm hoping to go there, hoping to go there. So be on the lookout for a, a story on that game Monday night or Tuesday morning. So those are, those are two games specifically I'll be watching with very close eyes. The three in the key cup, which Sydney currently lead two nothing nothing. I'm very very proud of that. <laughs> so yeah, that no, I, I completely forgot they'll play in the Phoenix as well, which is pretty funny. So we'll be keeping an eye out. Our group chat will be going off during the game. Um, I'm sure about that. But let's move on to our new segment of the podcast. And obviously, it was a massive week for Josh Giddy. Uh, he was named uh, Rookie of the Month for the Western Conference. And then against Dallas, I believe it was. I was watching the game, but I can't remember who they were playing. I think it was Dallas. He recorded his first triple-double, which gave him the title of the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double, surpassing LaMelo Ball, who surpassed LeBron James, which obviously means Josh Giddy is currently the best player in the NBA. Yeah, well, if you ask the Herald Sun, that's what they'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, turn to page six to find out who's better, LeBron or Giddy. Yeah, look, we might have to rename this segment the um, How's Josh Giddy Going in the NBA <laughs> segment. But, I mean, we run out of superlatives to talk about that, man. I mean, he's he's shown versatility in every facet of NBA basketball aside from, um, unfortunately, a, a sort of glaring aspect, which is his shooting. But um, as we know, like, it's his shot isn't broken. It's, it's, there's no real mechanical problem there. It's a bit slow. But realistically what NBA coaches have shown is that with most players they'll be able to work it out. I remember a young Cameron Payne being absolutely useless from outside and now that guy's a sniper. So um full credit like full credit to Giddy and, and I'm sure that the rest of his development is something that we'll, we'll watch closely. It's not a bad way to return out of health and safety protocols, is it? You know, just casually coming out of health and safety protocols and creating history as a, you know, as a young man. So it's good to see. It's good to see him continue to develop. And it's good to see, especially I read somewhere that obviously he did it against the Mavericks in front of Luca and all that. So it's good to see he did it against his, um, uh, the player he, he likes to like to watch or he bases his game off. So it's good to see. Hopefully Luca takes some notes of how, to, how you know what I mean, how to play like Josh Giddy because... Josh Giddy is amazing. So <laughs> he could take note of some of the effort, I think. Definitely. Definitely. But yeah. One thing I, I want to say just about the jump shot thing, I think everyone remembers a young Lonzo Ball um, for Los Angeles shooting, you know, basically like he had a shoulder injury the whole time. And look at him now, absolute sniper from outside as well. So Giddy's doing fantastic. Um, it's it's really good to see. And especially they had Shea Gilgis Alexander out. So it's good to see that that 
you know, when, when he's out or even when he's in, on the bench in future, that Giddy can basically run the whole team and just be that do-it-all point guard that Oklahoma need and haven't had since Russell Westbrook. And funny, me and my brother were watching the game together and he's like, man, I wouldn't be surprised if Russ just comes out, steals that rebound, just just so another a triple-double record can be uh, in, in Russ's favour. So let's talk about uh, some of the former NBL players balling out in the NBA with the 10-day contracts going out to everyone. I'm surprised that one of us hasn't been caught up to the NBA. I'm still waiting yet. in mind, Dom. I'm still, yeah, still waiting yeah, in mind. I'm still, still available. Um, yeah. If any NBA team wants to sign me up, I, I don't know about the quarantine laws over there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm available. It's America. I don't think they have laws about COVID. Are <laughs> <laughs> well, we just calling this a Brad Newley segment? Because surely he's getting a call up. That's that's unbelievable. Guys, I have an announcement just before we get into this. I know this is derailing the podcast a lot, but yeah. I got my first NBA Twitter nuffy today. Um who mistook my joke tweet about uh, Newly being a young prospect for the Knicks. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite understand the context of the tweet, the fact it was a joke, but uh, I got my first official one. So I'm, I'm what did he say? I just said that this is just the NBL's problem, hyping up prospects that don't deserve oh. it. And, uh, there's a problem with imports, and oh, I'm not sure. He's obviously <laughs> having a bad day, so that's fine. You uh, just caught yeah. him on a bad day, Alex. Yeah, oh, well. I'll just throw it back out. Oh, this is a joke. But... <laughs> That's all right. We get it. We get it on the pictures. <laughs> we'll talk about Brad Newley after because technically oh. still hasn't made his NBA debut. We're waiting for it. But uh, Cam Oliver and Kiefer Skies were, oh, sorry, sorry, my bad, reading that one wrong. Uh, they both signed 10 uh, day contracts and uh, Oliver was uh, with the Hawks and he was playing very good average in 11.5 points in the two games. I mean, it's good to see the NBL making even more waves in the NBA now, even if it is a 10 day contract. Yeah, well, um, Sykes today, what did he have? 23? 22. 22. Against the Knicks as well. Yeah, 22 points. I mean, that's it's just impressive. It's just another way, you know, to show that this this league is the real deal. It ain't no cupcake league, as I've managed to say every week. <laughs> so I'm far getting... since this We banned that phrase, Alex. We banned that. We ba- All right, we banned it in relation to the, to the NBL. Just no more cupcake league references, nah, please. That's not, but it's not a cupcake league. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, this just gives more credence to what we're always harping on about as an advocate, you know, because we are advocates of this league and its quality. And um, it just shows that, you know, even when we're talking about Brad Newley in the joking context, him jumping in the next rotation probably wouldn't be the worst thing for them. So it's just more evidence to support what we're talking about all the time when we come in here and talk about the talent level in this league and how it's a legitimate pathway to the NBA for players now. And that's been backed up on the court at the moment. Well, after today's result, I don't know if Newly wants to go to the Knicks. You know, they beat Indiana by 10 points. So you never, you, you don't know. I don't know. But no, it's good to see Kiva Sykes, especially, you know, since coming from Southeast Melbourne, you know, it was like, oh, it was always injured. So we didn't probably get to see the best of him. So it's good to see him in, like, you know, given give an opportunity. I think it's a two ways currently he's on currently. So it's good to see him start, even start a couple of games. I think he started today's game. So to see him score 22 points, having six assists was pretty good. I know I was following on Twitter. He had he was four from five from the three-point line and finishing the, like that, the first quarter with 12 points. So he's only added 10 in the, the next three, which is disappointing, but we'll, we'll move on from that. But it's good to see, as Alex said, the NBL transfer the, its quality over to the NBA because it shows it's a legitimate pathway. And we're seeing that. You know, the last couple of years seeing imports transition from the league to the actual, the big time, as they like to call it in America, they're missing out here in the NBL. But 
yes, it's good to see them transferring and showing out. So hopefully they continue and maybe Oliver gets another 10 day or maybe another spot on a different roster. That, that would be good to see. Yeah. I think that's the best part about these 10 days is that these players that have just been bouncing around the J league, you know, in and out of the NBL for those cases. And just to see them almost solidifying spots in the rotation. That's, it's really good to see, but one man who should solidify a spot in a New York Nick rotation is Brad Newley. He was traded so from 2007, what's that? Um, 16 years, 15 years? My maths is terrible. I dropped maths. Wasn't he dry? He's drafted in 2004, though, wasn't he? I think it was 2007 by Houston, uh, 57th overall. I think, yeah, by Houston in 2007, I think, in the uh, second so round. Well, yeah, well over 15 years ago, he was drafted and he was traded to the New York Knicks in a weird three-team trade that saw Rajon Rondo go to the Cavs. Uh, Denzel Valentine ended up in New York and then Brad Newley's uh, trade rights to the New York Knicks. And this just sent NBL Twitter into meltdown. It was it was honestly one of the funniest things to happen so far this year. Yeah, I must admit, Brad Newley getting traded for Rajon Rondo was not on my 2022 bingo card for basketball. But I look, I would describe myself as pleasantly surprised. Well, there's a second round pick from the from eight, 1986, and he's so he's 57 years old now. So there's still time for that, Blake. If there's time for Newly to get into the Knicks roster, I saw that during the week. I'm like, what? Whoa! I even forgot they had rights, like you know, they trade rights to the teams. I completely forgot about it because you don't hear about it nowadays. I, I thought after a while, like the trade rights kind of just like fade fade away because you see like. You had players like Bogdan Bogdanovich, who was uh, drafted uh, late into the second round. And then another team, you know, basically buys his contract out from the European side he's at. So it was very interesting to see Brad Newley get traded uh, since he's 57th pick in uh, in the 2007 draft. But uh, one last bit of uh, NBA news that uh, caught my eye was Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood having a, a basically a big blue with uh, Houston Rockets coach Stephen Silas and Kevin Porter Jr. Reportedly at halftime, Silas wasn't happy and was uh, making the team accountable. Kevin Porter Jr. then went in a shouting match with him. Kevin Porter legged it at halftime and Christian Wood stayed in the arena but refused to check in. I thought this was just magnificent because it sums up Houston as a franchise, really. Yeah, well, I, oh, mate. Okay, as, as a coach, you look at that and you just think, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of moving parts to dissect there. But um, KPJ, he has prize this in Cleveland. It's the reason he was traded. So two times, two different teams. Mm, starting to sound like a bit of a B word that rhymes with rust. At what point do you cut ties? At what point do you work out, okay, this guy's got immense talent because he does. Like, won't beat around the bush. He's an immensely talented player with a bright future but it's got to be an attitude adjustment here because it's not going to cut it in any professional league never mind the nba well if he wants to stay in like in the league he's going to have to you know change his temperament otherwise he's not going to last very long if someone is if someone in you know in any or in like any league or any team playing even socially if someone does that it's like bro we're just you know what i mean we're just chilling here we're playing hoops why why are you got why are you freaking out for but again as dom said that's you know the, that's probably the culture they're not wanting to build in Houston, but you know you know when they you're losing all the time, but that doesn't help. But it still doesn't give you any right to you know blob in someone's face. So poor form, poor form. I mean, I mean, I'm definitely in favor of slagging Houston off. We'll have to have an episode of that for this the rotation this season. It's a joke, but um, realistically, like the decision that he'd be mad about is the difference between them losing by thirty or losing by twenty at the end of the day. Like it's it's not. I know these guys are immensely competitive. 
a guy like KPJ would be the best player on every team he's ever played on until he's got to the NBA. But realistically, like, mate, you're just there to fulfill your contract, play out your minutes, and hopefully either they build something in Houston you can be a part of, or you get traded to another team with more opportunities. So it, it's just a matter of fulfilling your obligations, and that's the bare minimum expected in professional basketball, and he hasn't been able to do that now twice on two different teams. Well, Christian Wood had this, oh, not the, the difference, but, you know, Christian Wood signed with the Rockets thinking, oh, this is when the James, they had James Harden thinking, you know, they're going to compete. Well, now he's, you know, he's playing with rookies. I don't think he wants to play for rookies, so he probably want to be at, at getting the hell out of there as well. But luckily, he's on a reasonably nice contract, so any team can get him if they want him. Yeah, he's only on contract until next year, and it's about $15 million, and that is very, very good for someone of his value. But um, just uh, just for the Kevin Porter thing, um, you know, coming out of USC, I really liked him as a prospect. He he was um, – so when I was following that draft, just from memory, I remember, like, him being in lottery pick conversations, and then on draft night, he, he fell all the way down to the 30th pick, and uh, when the Cavs drafted him, I think they traded, like, $6 million in cash consideration. So they obviously really liked him, but – I was always wondering why this kid who's just immensely talented and just can do everything fell so, so low. And I think we're starting to see now he's, he's really yeah. got an attitude problem. So but a question, question answered. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't be, you know, I was, I was really disappointed, but um, like you said, with Houston cutting ties, they're not losing much anyway, because they traded a, like a second round pick that's top 57 protected. So unless they get James Harden back, I don't think that's conveying to Cleveland. So I don't have nothing to do with it. that pick they traded turned into Justinian Jessup. So I just looked that up. That's an interesting, that's an interesting fact that I didn't know. But you know, and it ties in with our podcast. So that's <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And on to the final bit of news. We had some great news in our basketball chat at the Inner Sanctum. We found out that Kelly Wilson for the Bendigo Spirit is playing her 400th WNBL game. That is just absolutely mental. Massive, massive credit to her. And I believe Thomas has got a nice write-up which was supposed to come out tonight, but the game was delayed due to a certain C word that we are not mentioning on this podcast. Yes, we're doing that for the benefit of everybody else. Um, obviously, everyone has heard enough about that C word, so we're not going to talk about it at all. That's as much as we'll mention it. But um, obviously, you know, Wilson's achievement is is remarkable to play that amount of of professional sport in any sport at all is is remarkable particularly when you consider obviously it's not an 82 game season in the WNBL it's, it's a span over a long time it shows amazing durability and professionalism that can only be commended and I'd imagine to probably say to a fair bit of luck with injuries and whatnot but you know absolutely remarkable something that's not talked about enough um, amongst even NBL circles about what sort of level of achievement that is. It's, I, I'm, I didn't realize how many games were like the record was before. I think it was like 394. I read somewhere. So to get, thought she obviously has it now, but yeah, to reach to be the first um, WNBL player to reach 400 games is a, a fair effort. And doing it at the age of 37, not bad. You know what I mean? It's like, especially when the, the, the yeah, career, you know, expanded from 2002. So what's that? 20 years? Not, not bad. She, she must be, she must be a very obviously quality player. And I wish I had that kind of basketball career, but I think those days are behind me. JJ, I think um, we're, we're roughly the same age. Uh, she's almost played longer than we've been alive. Like that is just absolutely crazy to think about, right? Like when we were toddlers, just learning how to walk and talk, she was balling out in the WNBL. It's just crazy to think about. All right. So since there was nothing happening in the NBL and the NBA news was a bit of the same other than the giddy stuff, 
we decided we're going to play one of the best games in the NBA media wise. That is who he played for. And I've got a few players that I've, I'm going to start off with a few give me's and they're going to, I think every single one of them is a 10 day contract. So could be a bit tricky. I want to start off with you, JJ. I want to see if this is a gimme or not. Right, Mario Chalmers, who he played for. Oh, he just got signed as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies. Oh, that was the last team he played yeah, for. Alex, I you want to steal so. it? Oh, yeah. oh no. 10-day <laughs> uh, contracts. Oh, God. I'll, I'll give, um, uh, I don't want to give too much of a clue, but he returned, he returned to a team that he'd previously played for. What was it, Miami? He returned to my Miami Heat. I was so happy when I saw that news. Chalmers was one of my favorite players during the big three era, and he's back in Miami. So let's get on to the next one then. Um, we'll give we'll go back to JJ since Alex got that one. Lance Stevenson, who he play for right now? He plays for the Pacers. Correct. That was a bit of a gimme. Let's get into a bit of a harder one right now. A harder one? Okay. <laughs> Alex, who does Nick Stauskas play for? Uh, I'm trying to think of where he plays. He played in Philly and he played in Sacramento. Also was uh, in Portland for a bit, I believe. Portland. Oh, God, that's not good. Um, I will go with the theme. Maybe he's returned to it. i got to say Sacramento. No. Complete other side of the country. JJ, you want a wild guess? I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know he signed with a team. So I'm just <laughs> going to give you a random team. Let's yeah. go with the Hornets. He plays for my Miami Heat. Ah. <laughs> I thought, honestly, if he didn't play for the Heat, because I was watching a game the other day, I went, oh, wow, Nick Stauskas is on the bench. That's very interesting. Uh, JJ, then, who does Darren Collison play for? Oh, he just signed. Oh, my God. Obviously, they're all just signed, but I, they're so familiar. Like, I've heard where they're signed, but I don't remember. Um, it like was, that. It, was it the Clippers? Oh. Alex, it's the Lakers, isn't it? It was the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you remember when he uh, got released from the Pacers, there was a bidding war between both teams. And then he said, screw you both, I'm retiring. So it's good to see him back. I knew it was one of them. I knew it was one of those two LA teams. Back (laughs) where he Um, This is an obvious gimme. I don't know why I put it in there. But Alex, who does Isaiah Thomas play for right now? He just got waived by the Lakers, didn't he? Is he still the Lakers? Yes, and he signed a new 10-day contract. With... Somebody else? Uh, yes. yes. Oh, I haven't been on Twitter, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, just give me, is it Western Conference or Eastern Conference? Yeah, it's a Western Conference, yeah. Western Conference, Denver. Oh. No, that is incorrect. It is. <laughs> it is the, it's the Dallas Mavericks. And once he joined, he, almost, he, joined, he basically joined Health and Safety Protocols. So I'm sure, oh, he's, he, I'm sure he's enjoying his time in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a pretty hard one. This is, uh, this is one of the harder ones. They only signed 10 hours ago. JJ, oh. who does Luke Cornett play for? Oh, my God. I saw that when I was looking at the players. New York Knicks legend. Oh, my God. Um, which one was it? Is it? No, it's not the Kings, but it's... um. Oh, what is it's it? An, it's an Eastern Conference team. I'll give you a clue. What? I think it was the Pacers. No. Alex, it, I'll give you a the... bigger clue. No, oh, go, okay. please. They are. They are... Definitely a playoff team. It's the Bulls, isn't it? No, he did play for the Bulls at one stage, but Luke Cornett signed a 10-day contract with the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh, that's what they need, another shooting big man. <laughs> Next one, uh, let's go back to Alex then. Marquise Chris, former eighth overall pick, who he played for. Oh, dude. He's been uh, impressing by all reports. I haven't seen him play, but apparently they're going to sign him for the rest of the season. 
I just remember him trying to fight Ricky Rubio. That's my that only Marquez, one, yeah. Marquez Chris memory. Um, oh, God. Uh, We've mentioned go. them already. Okay. Is it uh, Chicago? No. JJ? I'm just trying to think. Who would mention that needs a big... Um, everyone. Every, <laughs> everyone. Um, oh, not be, I'm not very good when I put on the spot. I'll just go random. Is it your Miami Heat? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is not. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind some Marquis, Chris. It is the Dallas Mavericks. No more Miami Heat. There's no more Heat. I could I could throw one more <laughs> in at the end just for laughs. But let's go um, Alizé Johnson. JJ, who's he play for? Oh, I know he, he played for the Bulls, but then he got waived, didn't he? So... Yeah, yeah. He was the oh. same. He went straight into health and safety. For, oh, no, that was Stanley Johnson. He does um, look like Stanley Johnson, though. they got a very similar head. And they have very similar history if you went in health and safety protocols, as we know. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Kings. Oh, no. Eastern Conference team, Alex. Uh, so normally when you play this game and it's not the C-word world... You would just go, who's shit? And he's likely to pick <laughs> yeah, up someone I don't really know. And that's why but, I said the Kings. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, he could be playing for anyone. Um, Eastern Conference. Uh, Detroit. Washington Wizards. Oh, nah. Okay. Two more. I feel like this might be a bit of a gimme. Alex, who does Stanley Johnson play for? <laughs> Wow, you really haven't been on Twitter. JJ's I haven't been. Dealer. He plays for the Lakers, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Or at least uh, as recently he did. Now, this will test your Twitter knowledge. This guy got traded today. My, me, I, my, Oni. I. Oh, I know oh, that yeah, one. Yep, yep. At least so, since you've going... had a terrible run, <laughs> yeah. who does my Oni play for right well, now? Well, I, I can't remember who he got traded to. I don't know where he got traded <laughs> from. He's been traded from Utah. It's who he played for, not who he got traded from. <laughs> That's worth half a point, though, surely. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that, yeah. <laughs> uh, where did he get traded to? Where did he get traded to? Uh, a team him? that is very, very active in absorbing player contracts. Oh, it's OKC. Okay, OKC, okay, right. yeah. yeah. I know. I knew JJ would have got that because he's oh, actually, got the actually, actually, he doesn't. He actually been waived, so he's actually not on a team anymore. Just <laughs> oh, saying. Fair enough. Okay. Who we enough. play for? Nobody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, unless you guys have any more, we'll get on to Alex's. I've, game. I've got five. I've got oh, five. Hit me. Oh, Let's, oh, go. Let's go. And they're, Let's they're, go. you know what I mean? They're, they're not as hard as Dom is. You know, <laughs> as Dom. So, well, our our first play is who does each one more play for? Oh, that's a good one. And since John was the host before, Dom can go first. Oh, that is a good one because each one more bounces around the league. Um, The Dallas Mavericks. That is incorrect. Alex, who do you think? Well, my instinct is to go Orlando because I know he's played a lot of time there. But I think he might be on the Pelicans. Oh, Alex, you're going to be so mad when I tell you the answer. It was actually Orlando. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Luckily, oh. it's it's sort of it's sort of it's sort of video podcast, so you can't see my you know my hinting hinting face like Alex is close. Oh, it's I wasn't close. even looking. I was. Oh, oh. Uh, oh. All righty, uh, a couple more. Obviously, uh, Trey Lyles, Alex, because you know since you got the last one wrong, we'll go with you. Well, he, he was in San Antonio since he got traded for years, but he's definitely not on San Antonio anymore because Pop hated him quite rightly. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, oh. Is it 
Pearson? That is not not is that is incorrect. Dom, who does he Trey play for? Lyles is the starting center for the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> that, is, that is correct. That is correct. I watched them play the other. Day. Oh, why are you watching the Pistons? I think they'll. I think <laughs> they'll play in the Spurs, and I was watching. Ah, that's right then. Right. What are you watching for? <laughs> uh, next one. Who does Jabari Parker play for? Since Dom is staggered and he doesn't know, we'll go with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sacramento. No, I'm sorry. Is it incorrect, Dom? The Boston Celtics. Yes, it's correct. Yes. This is going to be an easy one, so I'll give Alex this one. Who does Spencer did really play for? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is it Cleveland? Isn't it Cleveland? Spencer Dinwiddie plays no. I was about to say it was Dom. Spencer Dinwiddie is the uh, point guard for the Washington Wizards. Cool. Yes, I actually knew that, that one. I don't know what I'm doing. We've got to be frazzled. That's all right. Or maybe you might know this last one. This is a lot. The my last one. Who does Taco Four play for? The Cleveland was, Cavaliers. As I say, he was in Cleveland, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. You go. You and give Alex that him. one. Give Alex that yeah. one. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the pity point. <laughs> okay. I really. I, I like that. That was good. Um, Alex. Talk us through your game and our I'm final segment not, of the show. I'm glad I'm not participating in this one because I'm stressed out. I don't know why. That was, I'm that was very stressed stressful. about just thinking about this segment. Uh, okay. So um, there's now time for what uh, we, or I have eloquently named, and modestly, I may say, Alex's game. Mm, now, very nice. Um, at some point, there will be jingle music here. It's not here at the moment, but in future episodes, when this is played, because undoubtedly it will, because it's great. Uh, there will be jingle music here, so insert that here. How much right. ad, how much editing do you think I'm willing to do? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, effectively, the premise of the game is I'll give you a player. You guys will take it in turns. So I'll give you the player's name. You have to tell me. I will tell you how many professional teams they have played for. So professional basketball they have played in terms of teams themselves. And then you guys will bid to see how many you can name. So... In this instance, Dom, we'll start with you, so you can have first bid at this one. The first player we're going to discuss today has played for five professional teams. He has okay. played for one team twice. It is Lamar Odom. Ooh. How many of those teams can you name? Definitely. Um, I can go two for sure, but I want to test two. myself. And go three, but I don't think I, I'll go two. The two. Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat. Oh, don't answer yet. Okay. Well, Ooh. he's got two. My bad. My bad. My bad. That's all right. That's all right. That's all I right. I was going to say three. So, you know, if it well, helps. Course, it's a practice run. All right. Can you name one more, JJ? I was going to name the Mavs, but I could be yeah. like super no, wrong. Right. <laughs> so, Dom, the rules of the game is you have to bid. <laughs> Don't do an Sorry. Sorry. Just being a know it all. Sorry. That's all right. We're going to give that one to JJ. So yeah, that's fine. It. Advantage, JJ. JJ, the player we're now about to discuss has played for six professional teams in his career. It is Andrew Bogut. How Ooh. many can you name? Our fellow Australian, Andrew Bogut. Yes. Um, I can name three. I can probably name three. Three? Dom, yeah. can you name four? I can name five. Five. That means, JJ, if you had to steal this, you have to name all six professional teams Andrew Bogut has played for in his career. Bearing in mind, he has played for one twice. Oh, 
I, I don't. I can't probably think of all six on the spot, so we might give Dom a go at this. Oh, all right, Dom, name them. The Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Golden State Warriors. Yep. Sydney Kings. Yep. Los Angeles Lakers. Yes. Five. I completely forgot that we're doing professional teams, not just the NBA team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I got stumped. Like, who's the sixth team that he played for in the NBA? Yeah. He also played for the Dallas Mavericks as well. Oh, he did. That was the team I forgot. Yeah. It's also because I forgot to mention it. Lamar Odom played for the Clippers, the Heat, the Lakers, the Mavs, the Clippers again. And then he played for a team called Laboral Katsa Basconia, which I'm not going to click on because I don't know where that is and it might be a virus. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to our tiebreaker round. All right, this is just going to be fastest. Actually, Dom, you get the advantage on this one okay. because you answered the last question correctly. Now, the player that we're talking about today, five, six, seven, has played for seven teams. Oof. He has played for one of them twice. The player we're talking about is Joe Johnson. Oh, okay. Are we including recent 10-day contracts? Yes. Well, okay. yes. Yep. There's <laughs> some silent counting. God is still in the airwaves. There's some silent counting going on. Um. Yeah, maybe we'll have like some elevator music in the background. <laughs> I can go four, I think. Four. Yeah. JJ, can you do more than that? No, I can't. So, don't you go. Let's go, Dom. What you got? Celtics, Nets, Jazz, Heat. Yep, absolutely right. So he played, drafted originally by Boston, played for Phoenix, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Atlanta, yeah. Miami, Utah, uh, Houston, and then the Celtics on a 10-day contract this season. So Dom is the inaugural winner of Alex's game. Thank you. I'm very, very honoured. That was a very good game. I'm, I'm yep. sweating right now. I'm very stressed out. Trophies in the mail. Well, I'm getting exposed next... on my NBA knowledge. Stop yeah. exposing me, boys. You reckon you got exposed? Okay, <laughs> I didn't go on Twitter for a week and I got smoked. <laughs> oh, no, that was really fun. So hopefully um, we get some more NBA to talk about. Well, hopefully we don't. We can keep playing these games all podcast long. So uh, no, that'll do it for this week. Hopefully I don't have to edit too much of uh, Alex's music. But uh, we'll be back uh, same time next week with hopefully some NBA fixtures to talk about. Thank you all for listening. See you then.